Welcome to Matter of Fat, a body positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. Hi, I'm Kat Palavoda, a local fat feminist, shop owner, and feeling uncharacteristically chill lately. I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Soraya Bogani. Hi, I'm Soraya. I'm a fat, multiracial, Minneapolitan millennial who loves a good pool party. Yes! We're here to talk about the cultural politics of fat bodies in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and the greater Midwest. Please don't get it twisted. Cat is chill, but it's still hot girl summer over here with fat girl fall right on the way. And mm, I'm already there. (laughs) I honestly can't wait. But in the meantime, we're here with The the Fat fat Dish. dish. It's time for The Fat Dish, where we share or dish about what's going on in our community. Yes, it's a smorgasbord of local events and personal newsworthy dish. Okay, I say smorgasbord <laughs> wrong, I know. It's more like smorgasbord. But I... Smorgasbord. <laughs> smorgasbord. But I just... The sh comes out. Uh, the sh comes out. And go so we're from just... From the top. We're just going to go on with it. <laughs> I love this. So, um, yes, it's a smorgasbord of local events and personal newsworthy dish. So, finally, we've got some good events to tell you all about. But do not worry. We'll still leave some time for our personal dish as well. Okay. So, first up, from August 3rd through the 10th, Size will be performed at the Theater in the Round as part of the Minnesota Fringe Festival. They say, nothing tastes as good as rejecting bullshit societal standards feels. Oh, yes. With songs, sketches, and stories, the creators of Not Fair, My Lady... And an array of artists present a love letter to everybody. Find more info on Facebook or at minnesotafringe.org or in our show notes. Yes, and we're going to actually go to this on the 8th. We can't Mm -hmm. wait. So excited. On Wednesday, August 7th, the day this episode releases, there's a big baby-wearing class with Doula Katie taking place at Real Life Coffee and Yoga in St. Paul. Uh, Quick cue? What is that? Inquiring minds want to know. Oh, so baby wearing. So, like, you know how people might use a carrier or, like, cloth to, like, have a baby kind of be attached to your body? That's probably not the best way to – but you can picture what I'm Mm -hmm. talking about, right? I think when you're doing that, when you have a larger body, maybe you have to, like, keep more things in mind. Sure. Um, And so that's what Katie's going to focus on during this class. Very, very cool. Thank you for explaining that. Um, Also, okay, on Sunday, August 11th, Minneapolis's Smitten Kitten is hosting a class called Fat Sex 101, Fat Sex for Beginners – as part of their monthly 101 series. Love Smitten Kitten. So in the description for the event, they share, we don't live in a one-size-fits-all world, and the same is true for sex toys. And yet, there are so many options out there that absolutely can work for your body. This workshop will give you the tools to know how to find just the right accessory to bring more pleasure to your abundant body. Yes. I actually went to a class like this a couple years ago at Smitten Kitten. It was really good. It was also very crowded. So it looks like they're ticketing this time, or maybe they've, you know, been doing that. Yeah. Um, it's just $5 to reserve your spot, and you can get your ticket on their website, which is smittenkittenonline.com. Love Smitten Kitten events. Um, another event that's really exciting is going to be on Thursday, August 15th. It's a reading group at Real Life Coffee and Yoga focused on the book Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia. At this meeting, they'll discuss the introduction and first part of the book called The Beauty of the Robust. They plan to have two subsequent meetings. I'm actually going to make every effort to join this. I'm really interested in reading this book. It is not, unfortunately, on audiobook. <laughs> Literacy in action, babe. <laughs> so I will actually have to read. <laughs> uh, we should also mention that Natalia Vargas Marquez is leading the group. She is wise and wonderful, and I hope lots of folks are able to take part in this discussion. 
Also, a totally different event, actually. Ben and our friends and fans Facebook group let us know about the Fat Fest happening in Chicago from August 10th to the 11th. So check the link into show notes uh, <laughs> that detail more about the Fat Positive events hosted by the Fat Folks Ensemble. That looks, so looks cool. really cool. Yeah. If you have events that you think we should know about that should be highlighted here in the hashtag Fat Dish, Ooh. let us know by tagging us, sharing in our friends and fans Facebook group, or by sending them to us via email or DM. Next up, we have a little personal dish to round out this smorgasbord. <laughs> but first, a short break. Hello. Did you hear about the KFAI Summer Pledge Drive? It just wrapped up at the release of this episode, but please don't fret. You can support KFAI at any time by going to kfai.org. Local community radio aligns with so much we love, and we've learned how to build this whole dang podcast because of the accessibility to studio space and wonderful education from radio professionals. If time is easier to donate, there are lots of opportunities to get involved. Talk to us about it or surf the world wide web right to the kfai.org shores, baby. To be honest, it will be a good use of your time and money. We're back. Cat, 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 cat. What is new? Are you mean besides like surfing the, sh- the shores of the World Wide Web to kfai.org? You know, it did sound better when I said it. So pun, like, pun, pun, pun. Cannot roast pun. me for that. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Okay. Morgan Sword. <laughs> okay, that's real. Anyways, what's new, babe? Um, So much. So I got to see an author that I've been really liking lately. She was um, Jasmine Guillory was at Subtext Books a couple days ago. A couple days. It's been more than a couple days. But um, she writes these kind of steamy-ish romance mm. novels that I've been very much into. I tried to get you onto them, Saria. You're not. I wasn't gonna say no. anything. It's just like my Capricorn heart cannot take it. It's just not realistic enough. You, you just gotta let go and just believe the story. Let go and let Hillary. <laughs> Oh, wow. I can't. Oh it's beautiful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Take it. Take it. I don't want it. Oh, man. I'll try. I'll try. I don't think audiobook is the format for me yeah. for that type of thing. That's real. I think um, that would make that makes total sense. There's there's three books that are out right now and they all kind of like relate to one another. Mm-hmm. They're standalone, but but you're on number one, right? I think so. Yeah. I truly am not tracking what's happening. I'll be like, I'll I'll turn it on. I'm like, did I just leave off here? Or is this like five chapters ahead like it's all one thing whereas I was incredibly invested in them and feel as though the characters in the book are my friends <laughs> so there's a little difference here but anyway um, I was able to um, uh, go to a talk that the author did um, a couple days ago which is awesome uh, what else oh I had my very first Riverview theater Riverview yes. movie theater experience with you yes we watched book smart again again y'all sorry so you have good. to hear about it so much no I do not apologize I it is a fantastic we talk film. about it so <laughs> okay. much. We talk about a lot of things a lot. That's true. Um, but it's <laughs> <in the> podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Riverview, so beautiful. It's really nice. It's like stepping back in time. Three dollar popcorn. Oh, Three dollar tickets. It was deals, great. Deals. Plus the soundtrack for that movie is so excellent. Yeah, it was yeah. really great. Um, Fat Splash. But we should get. We'll get to that in a minute because mm-hmm. we have some like shared experiences. Put there. a pin in it. We'll circle um, back. Yes. I got a world-class massage recently. I've never felt this relaxed in a massage ever. It Mm -hmm. was bliss. It was in this woman Julie's home. And 
she like before I went before like we you know set it up. She's like, "Are you okay with dogs?" And I was like, "Not only am I okay with dogs, I love dogs." The dog will be doing your massage. <laughs> today. No, the dog was not doing my <laughs> massage, but one of the dogs like was like asleep under the massage table. So Aww. when I turned over and had like my head in he the hole, the dog. little dog was under me. It was just so beautiful. It was so what wonderful. Kind of dog was it? I don't know, like a big dog, like Aww. a big old happy dog. Oh, it was so great. That's amazing. Um. And also, kind of related to that, so I, so yeah, I love this massage so much. I'm gonna try to go like on a monthly basis. But I've also been doing acupuncture lately. I think have I mentioned this on the pod before? Yeah, you just mm-hmm. love yourself some needles. No, I actually I don't. no. So so me in real life, I hate needles. I hate shots. It just like kind of freaks me out. Um, but I went for the first time with my bestie, and it was good. And I've been going like almost every week since the beginning of June. That's great. It's awesome. That's probably why you're so chill. So I think it is. I think it's one of a couple things that are just really chilling me out. Mm-hmm. And like you know me, chill is not a word we would often use to no, describe. Baby. <laughs> Like, not at all. I'm the most high-strung woman. But lately, I'm just <laughs> But feeling... also self-aware, so yeah. it balances it out. <laughs> but lately, I'm just feeling very chill, and I'm loving it, and I want to just, like, keep this energy going, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and I guess, honestly, to that end, we had a really big, large-scale event, the Fat Splash. Um, for those of you who aren't paying attention the fat splash is a plus size pool party that my shop cake plus size resale puts on and we're doing two this summer because i sold out super quick um and it was great it felt chill like the second year of doing anything feels really much feels much easier um i have a great team and it was just uh, yeah it was really really fun and for a moment like i um was just like sitting there watching all these fat people in the pool thinking like is this my life? Like, this is my life that I got to help make this happen? Like, I don't know. It just feels very good. And I think sometimes it takes me, like, chilling out has enabled me to, like, really, I don't know, be more in the moment in some of these Mm -hmm. spaces, and that feels really good. I saw you sitting over there on the steps chilling out. Yeah. Because I was there. Surprise, surprise. Actually, kind of a surprise, because if it wasn't for uh, Blessed Anna, uh, getting me a ticket, there's no way I would have gotten. I'm so like <laughs> slow to react. I just wouldn't have gotten tickets. So thank you, Anna. It was so so much fun. Um, there were all these looks. Everybody was showing up and showing out. It yes. was great. There was a water slide. There was snacks and. True story. When I was talking to Anna, I was like, I'm going to come. I'm not going to take any pictures. I'm not going to talk to anybody. (laughs) I just want to hop in the pool and hop out. And not because I don't like pool time or like being with friends and stuff. It's just like I was very focused on homework that weekend. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I got there, I'm like, I know you. I know you. I love you. You're great. It was like walking into a bunch of like friends. So good. Catching up with so many fabulous people, too. So Yes, I'm and then so glad you were there. The choreo from Subversive Siren. Oh, yeah. So if you're an OG, you mm-hmm. know, first episode on the pod, we interviewed a siren. And um, they did this awesome splash mob Yeah, for Lizzo choreo. It was fabulous. It was incredible. I was kind of, um, you know, when we had planned to have them come, I was like, oh, cool. It'll be like a nice option. Thinking like, oh, maybe half the people there would be interested in taking part. My goodness. It was um, almost everyone took part. It was just like majestic to see all these fat babes like doing this in the water mostly in the water like choreography to Lizzo oh so good yeah 
And I think I said it, maybe I didn't, but there was a water slide. Which yeah. Was so much fun. Very fun. There's also like this little mushroom thing where like little <laughs> kids go splashing. Literally like six feet by six feet square. And oh, they yeah. had a lifeguard assigned to it. I felt so bad for that Safety poor kid. First. I was like, you having a good time, bud? <laughs> you enjoying <laughs> oh this experience? <laughs> um, but it was so much fun. It's such a nice uh, way to escape what ended up being 16 hours of homework. Yeah, you weekend. have been doing it big. Hit it hard, y'all. Oof. I had a nice little uh, farmer's market moment. There's a coffee yeah. shop near the farmer's market called Parallel, the Mi- Minneapolis farmer's market. So I was like busy doing homework. Some friends filtered by. That was really nice and fun. Um, but yeah, mostly it was homework and listening to Chance the Rapper's album, which has been getting a lot of hate, but I really enjoyed uh, so that was nice. And then actually when you were talking about acupuncture mm-hmm. and all your needles, oh, it God. reminded me that I did go to the doctor last week and I found a primary care physician that I'm super psyched about. Oh, yeah. Which has been like years in the making. Like, geez. And then I got poked by needles a few times. Did not mm-hmm, love that. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Ugh, ick, ick, needles. I hate them. Same. So let me talk about them a lot. You know, why not? Share the love. <laughs> I'm so happy you found somebody you like, though, in terms of a primary care doctor. Yes. And in case people were worried that I was haunted or had... Oh, my uh, God. Are we getting a follow-up here? <laughs> uh, exclusive. A web exclusive yes. uh, about my sleepwalking that you may or may not remember from a few episodes back. I went to the doctor to see if I should get a sleep study. And? I'm going to get one. Oh, okay. So really, this is just to be continued. Yeah. I mean, either that or I'm haunted or somebody's coming down from a <laughs> crawl space so i'm really hoping it's a sleep when's issue. the sleep study we gotta we gotta hear about this there's a consultation coming up okay and then cool. an actual decision did you know you can do sleep studies from home now oh yeah i don't know what the criteria is but i'll find out cool so you can update the people once you know more information people i'm coming at you um yes but it's been a good time it's not a long time <laughs> and fat girl fall is in the wings so get ready y'all um, we got to talk about fat, or fat Girl Fall, right? Yeah, we mentioned it. We teased it a little bit. So last episode, Saraya talked to us about Hot Girl Summer, which we are currently in. And I would like to say, for the record, mm-hmm. that I told Saraya about Fat Girl Fall. This is only an impressive thing because I know nothing about, <laughs> about pop culture. The only reason I know anything cool is Saraya and then also Ming and Sydney at the shop. I've Other been, than that, I know nothing. I've been doing homework. So much homework. I'm out of touch with the youths. <laughs> <laughs> so, apparently, so, like, Megan the Stallion started Hot Girl Summer. Yep. And then someone somewhere tweeted a picture of Lizzo and was like, Fat Girl Fall fall and then Lizzo retweeted or something and said something like September 1st fat girl fall begins that's right fall does not technically start on September 1st but if Lizzo Lizzo says it does it starts September Um, 1st my Lizzo said that fall begins on September 1st (laughs) and so it's fat girl fall what can I say (laughs) but you know I'm really excited for fat girl fall but before fat girl fall we gotta get into our interview yes let's get into it This episode, we're excited to share our interview with Amy Siegel. Amy is an Instagram superhero, hopeful Mall of America wedding chapel officiant, member of the Sugar Network, homeowner, once upon a time mall babysitter, and so much more. She'll tell you all about it. We actually ran into Amy at the Fat Splash this weekend, and it was a dream. She makes the world such a happy and bright place. Oh, yes, she does. And we had such a great conversation. Let's get to it. Amy, we're so excited that you're here. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. 
Awesome. Okay, so we want to start out how we always do. Um, will you tell us your story as a matter of fact? Absolutely. Well, my name is Amy Siegel, 35-year-old, uh, she, her, identifying. Um, I currently work in shopping center marketing, and I started my journey kind of as a matter of fact um, when I was like nine years old. Mm -hmm. So obviously for a lot of us, the story is kind of different as far as like what age things really hit for us. Um, for me, I was in third grade. And I was made fun of a lot for like really random things, mostly weight-based. And mm -hmm. so I actually started what was called a fun club. And so this was for other kids that were teased in school um, for various reasons. And that was kind of like the very beginning of when I was like, man, am I an activist? Like, <laughs> yeah. is this something that I'm doing now that's like doing good for the world? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I was like thinking on a very global level. Um, and so that's where like my body really started to be a focus and something that I was very aware of. Um, and I would like plan all these activities for little kids and stuff. For and, your fun club? Yeah, for my fun club. Oh. Like I would bring like my own markers and things and I'd be like, hey, we don't have to go out on the monkey bars. We can just do our little crafts on the side. Oh. Um, so that was kind of like my very beginning of like, hey, maybe I'm a little bit um, seen as different or something that is not fitting into the norm of society. Um, and that's when I was really like, hey, I can do something with this. And I'm going to make other little fat kids feel good and feel like they have a place. And so that was kind of the beginning of my matter of fact. Um, from there, uh, I had kind of the, the typical thing where like I had a doctor who was very much like, hey, you know, Amy's kind of big. Do you think mm. we maybe should do the... Um, we really need to cut out the pop for sure, but maybe let's take her to like a fat camp or something. Mm, wow. And I was very lucky. My parents were very much like, hey, Amy, are you into this? Is this something that you're feeling? And I was very much like, uh, no, that's okay. Thanks for asking though. Mm -hmm. So the support of a family was like super important during that time. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool that your parents were just like, here's like, what do you think? You get yeah. to decide. And That's powerful. I was an only child and like I'm kind of like the only fat in my family per se. So for them to like recognize that was really huge. Mm -hmm. The autonomy that they're granting in that moment for you to do things autonomously otherwise in other facets of your life too. That's yeah. really wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And even my doctor was kind of just like, hey, you know that's what it is that's your choice and, and we're going to kind of go from there so this all was kind of happening like at the same time over the course of a year and then um from there um i just kind of kept developing it and i just i've always kind of had this like sense of purpose of like i am meant for bigger things like mm -hmm. no pun intended but just <laughs> oh. like i am meant for so many more bigger things than like what i am currently accomplishing or mm -hmm. like what i'm contributing to the world and so Everything that I've done in my life from there going forward has really been in re regards to, you know, speaking out as a fat woman and taking up space and being present. Also continuing on to, like, just future life and going through middle school and high school. Yeah. Um, a lot of kids, I feel like, had a kind of opposite sense of, of how my life was growing up. And, like, I actually was very much, like, a popular kid, as, as you don't really want to rope that into something but like I was homecoming queen and that was a really huge deal at mm -hmm. the time because um, in 2002 like body positivity and like fat, fat activism wasn't talked about as much yeah um, so that was kind of like a, a newer phenomenon and so to have like my fellow students vote me in and like 
it not be a joke or something like that yeah. that unfortunately was always looked at was was a really big deal so um that was another time where i was just like hey let's like take this to the extreme let's you know let's just be a representative from here on out you said that you were meant for more in the world bigger and better things mm -hmm. like what were those when you decided that or when you first had yeah. that thought like um, did that I look definitely like? think it really started in high school um, mostly I, I would do this really kind of strange thing on Friday mornings where one day I just decided hey I'm gonna stand outside the door and greet fellow students oh. as they come to school and like my heart <laughs> that became a thing that I just did every Friday and I would literally stand at the door and be like, welcome to school. Welcome to school. And at first, I think people were kind of like, who is this? Like, what is she doing? <laughs> and then, like, it became a thing. And then I remember there was one Friday where, like, I didn't show up before school to greet people. And I actually had people come up to me in the hall and be like, hey, you didn't, like, greet me to school. And, like, my whole day was off. Like, it was really weird. Oh. And it was like, that's, that's, like, one of those weird moments where you're like, I have an impact. Mm -hmm. And um, I think... It's so important, especially as a fat woman, to like feel like you are having an impact because um, sometimes it's so easy to just be like, oh, you know, I'm just this another person just kind of floating through the earth mm -hmm. or, you know, doing all these things and, and not really having an impact. But then to have someone like confirm that, that was really impactful for me and really made me be like, I think there's more I can do with this. Mm -hmm. um, so let's see what adulthood brings, really. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to college. I bet I can expand on it there. So awesome. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. I just saw a video the other day of like little little kids outside of an elementary school classroom. Yes. And just like they have pictures on the wall of whether you want a high five, a hug, or like a handshake. I and, love that. And yeah. you were already doing that yeah. on every Friday. That's and that kind of goes along with the whole consent thing too. I mm -hmm. love that the kids have the option like if they want to touch, they can get a hug or if they want to do a dance, you know, that they can dance with their teacher. Mm -hmm. I think that's super cool that that's a thing that people are doing now. So, yeah, I uh, I don't want to say I was like the original person that did that, but um, definitely in Stillwater, Minnesota, I was the first person <laughs> to do that. So. Claim to yeah. fame. Well, it sounds like you have a few claims to fame. But. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, and then like in adult life, I know there's other things that you've that have been part of your story as a matter of fact, and I'm specifically interested in hearing more about like this idea that you were working on a plus size burlesque troupe like back in the day before this was like even not before it was even a thing, but before we had all of this like plus size burlesque happening in the Twin Cities. Yes, it was such a blast, and how it actually came to be a thing was kind of hilarious. I was actually shopping at Torrid at a mall in the Twin Cities, and I was, I don't know, I think I was, like, looking at some of their lingerie or something, mm -hmm. and I was being like, oh, man, wouldn't this just be cool to, like, wear around at a club one night? <laughs> just, like, totally joking. And the store manager at the time was like, well, actually, um, we, and my friend and I are actually starting a plus-size burlesque troupe, um, so you could maybe wear those clothes around the club if you wanted to, and I was like, yeah, let's talk. And she's like, well, let's just get together flesh it out and see, you know, what we mm -hmm. want to do. So we got together. It was just three of us at the beginning. And we came up with a name right away, which was very simple. It was just the fatness. We just <laughs> we wanted it out there. We wanted to just be like, hey, here's who we are. Um, and then we tasked each other with, okay, we're each going to pick a song. And then we're going to come back and, like, perform for the other one. So I actually picked a Sharon Jones song, Ooh. Um, 100 Days, 100 Nights. Yes. It's got those good horns. And I was just like, oh, man, yeah, this could be super hot. Um, and so we started formulating this business plan, and we were going to try to perform in between 
um, sets at like the Turf Club and, and various Twin Cities venues like in between sets and like we had this whole plan. Um, we even met up with uh, Sweet Pea, who's like a pretty big burlesque performer yeah. in the Twin Cities. And like she was even like giving us tips and like teaching us like it got to like just the perfect point where this was all gonna happen. And then unfortunately like we kept performing and we came up with names. Um, one of us was Sunday Yummy Sunday, um, Gummy Bear. So we tried to do like all these like really cute fruit, uh, like food theme names. And then it just kind of, it didn't necessarily go anywhere, but like we had a mix, we had a plan, so it might come back. Oh. So you might still be seeing oh, us. You never breaking know. And news. this was like so years was, ago, right? Yeah. This was like, oh, I want to say 2007. Yeah. So it was Ten definitely. Plus years, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm still really good friends with both of those ladies. So you cool. never know what might happen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, there's just more of a plus size burlesque scene now yes. here, I think. Maybe when I say more, I guess I don't really know. Maybe it's just more on my radar than before, but the climate is good for it. I know. There's I've, lots of good fat stuff been, happening. I know. It's been so fun to just like watch that community just grow. And I know um, I went to the last show that primarily featured fat bodies that actually you were involved with. Oh, the, did you go to the, the cake host. one? Yes. yes. Cool. And it was pretty much the best event of the year. So I look forward to seeing much more of that and maybe participating. Yeah. Never know. Oh, we'll that would be such a dream. <laughs> yeah. 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 My shop and the Diva Rose co- like co-produced a show last fall that we're going to do again this fall. And I won't share more details because I don't know when this interview will <laughs> no, come that's out. okay. But I'm going to be watching it because that was like the best night ever. And I bought a VIP and I will do it again because yeah. I was just like loving every minute. So. It was so wild and wonderful. Yeah. It was so great. Yeah. It was so good. It was so <laughs> but good. it was cool. In planning that, I think you shared with me this history you had. And I was like, whoa, I had no idea. So yeah, yeah I feel like that's definitely like one of the many kind of stops along the way um, yeah. in, in your story, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. So like another thing, as a matter of fact, so like, as I mentioned, I really like to just be present and like take up space and just be like hey this is me I'm very confident in my body and like I am not afraid to be in front of a crowd and and either make a fool of myself or be funny or be sexy or be whatever that entails Um, so another kind of fun thing that actually was sort of short-lived but it was also awesome in the Twin Cities was a group called the Minnesota Arm Wrestling League for Ladies. Yes. Whoa. Acronym <laughs> MALL, which <laughs> will be funny for you guys in a little bit once we <laughs> kind of dive into some other things. But um, so this was something that another group of friends had started. Uh, so this is actually like a national organization. Um, it I think it mostly started in New Orleans. Oh. So there's actually like a really good troop down in New Orleans. There's a Chicago-based troop. And it's actually um, all female identifying people that arm wrestle as these characters. And you have an entrance music theme, um, and all of the money raised goes towards a woman's charity. Mm -hmm. So it's just a really great organization. And so I had some friends actually approach me about becoming a character because they know, one, I used to be a huge WWE wrestling fan. Because um, I was going to say, this sounds a lot like WWE, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, maybe strike that from the record, but maybe not. It's fine. I think um, it's good character <laughs> development, yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah, agreed. <laughs> and, um, and they know that, like, I'm just not afraid to be out there. And so I thought about it, and I was like, this could be really fun, right? So I actually came up with this character <laughs> named Shortstack. And ah. Short Stack is a pancake-themed wrestler <laughs> yes. um, based off my favorite breakfast food from Perkins. Yes, um, yes. I always loved that it was called Short Stack. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm five foot three. I'm super short. I'm thick. What if I'm this, like, stack of pancakes? <laughs> and I bought this, like, awesome, like, 
two XL dancers nudatard that I wore like to look like a, a pancake colored person, oh. and, <laughs> and I had this little like yellow skirt that was supposed to be like the pat of butter, oh. and then I made this velvet like necklace that was like the syrup dripping down, and I bedazzled like a Mrs. Butterworth's, uh, like I went all out. I had bacon band-aids on my cheeks like <laughs> it was it was intense and it was honestly some of the most fun and empowering times of my life as a matter of fact because literally everyone was just so it was every kind of body type it was every nationality like we were all just like in it and we were giving all our whole hearts and like we raised so much money for charity um my entrance theme was socket to me by missy elliott my Definite fat icon. So um, if you haven't heard that song, that is a powerful song to walk out to. Um, even if you just need an entrance theme to get into your bathroom, you should listen to <laughs> Sock It To Me by Missy Elliott. Um, so yeah, so Mall like hit big in the Twin Cities. Like we were the front page of the Star Tribune. Um, CBS came out and did like a, a little mini documentary on us. Um, we performed a lot at the Hexagon, which is another great Twin Cities venue. Um, and then unfortunately I moved to Iowa and, uh, <laughs> yeah, just moved to Iowa and, uh, the group kind of fell apart a little bit after that just because of scheduling and yeah. conflicts. But that is another thing that we might be trying to bring Bye. back. So cool. stay tuned for mall. But, um, if you guys are in any other cities, definitely check out the, uh, the female arm wrestling crews. You never know where they might pop up. That's wild. I love the mall joke. <laughs> Would you mind explaining that? Yeah, absolutely. So the reason that I laughed earlier about um, the Minnesota Arm Wrestling Le- League for Ladies, acronym being MALL, is I can't seem to really escape malls um, in my life. <laughs> uh, for my 9 to 5 career, I am actually a director of marketing and business development for shopping malls, specifically in the Twin Cities. Um, very corporate America, very um, like running a small city. That's kind of how I compare it to oh, people. Fun. It's kind of like there's a mayor and then I'm like the PR person that's out like hyping them all. <laughs> so um, that's definitely been a big shaper in my adult life as what it means to be a matter of fact. So I do a lot of lifestyle segments on TV doing like back to school looks. Um, and that I think has been like something that's really been a good challenge for me. It's just being like, hey, am I still as comfortable as I was maybe when I was 17 or 18 taking up space Mm -hmm. and like being a fat person on TV Mm -hmm. representing a fashion brand that likely doesn't carry my size. Um, So that's been like a really interesting um, transition just as an adult is like, how am I feeling like as a person representing a mall as a fat person? And luckily, like it's just I feel like it's paving the way. Like I'm slowly seeing more and more. You, you know, fat people uh, in marketing director positions, which is so important because mm-hmm. um, that's just I feel like that's a career that's been kind of a slow burn um, to get more fat people represented in. Um, a lot of marketing positions are typically, you know, a very standard cookie cutout maybe of, of who's that's going to be. Mm-hmm. And so that's been really great for me to do. Um, I do a really fun thing on Saturdays, which is what I consider babysitting the mall. <laughs> Ooh, <what's that? laughs> yeah, so essentially, like, we do kind of work a, a very traditional nine to five, but then on weekends, there has to be someone there to make sure there's no shenanigans at the mall. <laughs> so um, I'm usually there 
uh, just making sure that, you know, there's plenty of wheelchairs for anyone that might need it. Um, I'm the one that's like, hey, there's a piece of gum on the floor. Can we get someone over here to take care of this? Mm -hmm. You know, just kind of like really one-on-one things that like you wouldn't really think about is just someone in the mall. Um, but that's like my day to day. It's like, oh, and do I need to take a break and go to Dave and Buster's and maybe um, do a crane animal game? Yeah, I, I think that's what I'm going to do. So <laughs> it's really interesting in that my day to day is very different. Like you never know what's going to pop up at the mall. Like it's it's pretty fun. It's a good time. You mentioned shenanigans. Uh, what is the most bizarre and like funny shenanigan you've come across oh my gosh well i don't i don't know how necessarily funny okay but it's also (laughs) like kind of funny because it has a good ending but we actually had a person leave their family cats in a family restroom at the mall a couple weeks ago whoa like we have it on video of her like dropping the cat off and i think it might be like an unfortunate story where like she either couldn't afford its care Mm. Or, like, it was sick, and she was, like, not sure how to let it go. Um, but I went into a family restroom to do my restroom checks, and there was this, like, super cute, like, grumpy cat-esque, squishy ah. face, sweet cat roaming around in there. <laughs> and she just came right up to me like she was perfectly happy. Um, and so, luckily, I have a lot of contacts with some some good local, like, no-kill shelters that I reached out to. And they're like, oh, we already have someone within, like, 20 minutes lined up to take this cat. Wow. So. Literally stuff like that happens all the time where it's like, oh, okay, so we have a cat in the bathroom now that we have to deal with. (laughs) Or um, obviously a lot of funny things happen at like the Easter Bunny and Santa set. Um, Parents can get very particular about um, their children's pictures. So things like that happen. Um, I I honestly could write a book about mall stories. Obviously I can only say so much. Oh, yeah. Due Mm -hmm. to, you know, super fun corporate America. (laughs) But just know... You never know what's going down at the mall at any given moment. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. I look forward to a reality television show yes. someday. Oh, that would be actually really fun, I, I think. I know. Like, they've done the mall cop thing, but there is so much more that we <laughs> could dive into. Is there anything else that you would want to share about mall life or, like, yeah. how you got into being this mall manager? Oh, yeah. yeah. How? Tell us about yeah. how that came to be. Absolutely. So... Um, I kind of have like a classic fake it till you make it kind of uh, situation. I'm not going to lie how I got into marketing. I love it. So I have a degree in psychology um, and then what I consider a minor in empathy because I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) that's like my whole world. It's really human resources, but I consider it empathy. Um, And so I didn't really know what to do with a a bachelor degree. Basically, if you don't get a master's um, in psychology, there's not a whole lot you can do mm-hmm. with it. So I was like, I really need to find something that I'm passionate about that could still kind of like come into play. So I kind of did like the natural like fat girl move, and I became a store manager at Elaine Bryant, um, I and that know was that. super fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure you probably told me that. I, that's wild. Yeah. So I was the store manager for Elaine Bryant for like two and a half years, um, and one day the mall manager, who was also a fat woman used to shop in my store. Mm -hmm. And so one day she came up to me and she was just like, you know you're in the wrong industry, right? And I was like, (laughs) and I was like super heartbroken for a second because I thought she was like saying I was like bad at my job or something. And she's like, no, she's like, I think you need to be in marketing. She's like, I've seen you with guests. I've seen you with customers. Like you make everyone feel super comfortable Mm -hmm. and like confident. Um, She's like, I'm actually moving to a certain mall in the Twin Cities that I would love to bring you along with and train you in the marketing department. (sighs) And I was like, what? 
you know, it was like it's one of those awesome. like a dream. Yeah, it was like one of those bridges where it's like I never thought that that was something that could just happen mm-hmm. as it did, and it was like amazing. So she brought me on as a marketing assistant, and then within like a year and a half, they fra- fast tracked me to a director of marketing. So wow, yeah. So now I've been doing shopping center mall marketing across the Midwest for eight years. How many different malls through that time? Yeah, so I, let's see, I'm at four malls. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been um, at Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which was a very interesting treat. Um, And then I've been in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin market. Oh, yeah. And now I'm back in the Twin Cities. So it's it's been really interesting to kind of um, just tour the different malls around and just see, like, what their different, like, quirks are and things like that. Um, So I'm, I'm a big fan. Big fan of malls. So if you ever need recommendations on where to go in any given city, hit me up. You got the lowdown. I got you. You got the Midwest lowdown. Yeah, especially yeah. the Midwest. Like, I can I can help you out there. I mean, cause, so we, we're a, a body positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. What would you say were the biggest quirks that you picked up in, like, the other cities that you've worked in? Yeah, um, I would definitely say one of the biggest changes is just stylistically what people are looking for Mm. um you know like in cedar rapids iowa you're definitely getting like (laughs) this is sounding very like there's more pink camouflage yes in stores than there might be in the metro exactly so it's just it's very interesting to really kind of like learn your audience and how you're going to market to them um i know that there's definitely a lot more plus size options throughout the midwest than there actually are in a lot of like the cities in the south mm. um, or even on the east or west. So we are a little bit lucky on that front. Um, I've noticed Eloquy has really started to spread into a lot more malls and I'm hoping that yeah. they're gonna open. I think that'll have just like great impact um, on workwear and things like that mm-hmm. and, and some formal wear. So it's really just like exciting to see things change. You know, like even uh, Good American just opened a pop up here in the Twin Cities. They did, yeah, at the mall, mm-hmm. Mall America Mall. You Interesting. bet. Interesting. And so they've got a full size range, which is awesome. Well, it's twenty four, right? Do yeah. they go for further than twenty four? They might. They might be stopping at three X actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like they're making strides. They are, but yeah, 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 yeah. There's like, a long need, way to but go, but like, but more and more, right? Because yeah. like that, I mean, it's not enough, but it's something, right? Yeah. And like, as there's more of that, things become more normal and natural. Exactly um, for stores like that to be everywhere. Yeah. So my hope is just that, you know, especially like malls are really trending more towards local boutiques these days. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's less about the big national retailers of of years past of like the big Abercrombies and American Eagles. Um, so I'm really curious to see what's going to happen in the next five years with malls. And that's kind of like my passion. That's like the yeah. nerdy stuff that gets me super excited is like, okay, what's going to happen specifically in, you know, body positivity? Like yeah. what's going to, how, what stores are we going to start to see that's really going to bring people back to the mall? Yeah. feel like, hey, I have a place here. Like yeah. that's what we need. I have so many like mall related questions. So, <laughs> you know, like Keg and Case in St. Paul. Love Keg and Case. Not a mall, obviously, but like a like kind of like an open market feel. Yes. Do you think that malls like do, I don't know, is there room for like that kind of space to be in more traditional shopping malls? Is that part of the conversation at all? Absolutely, absolutely. I know my company specifically is definitely big on that. Um, we're finding new ways to open up common areas mm-hmm. that they can be broken down into more like pop-up style shops. Cool. Um, so people aren't 
so much signing these long-term leases like they used to. You know, maybe they're here for six months and then they keep it fresh by bringing in someone new. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of like food courts and things are becoming like green spaces where oh. maybe it's more of like a picnic atmosphere. Uh-huh. And there's like so cool. where you can bring a picnic and then, you know, like a brewery is going to be there and there's going to be live music. So malls are definitely starting to trend more towards like this epicenter for communities. Cool. Um, where you can eat, shop, play, mm-hmm. stay fitness centers are being added there all kinds of various things so that's makes so much um it makes so much sense yeah Uh, and also business sense right Right? yeah because like people like generally in the world or in our communities it feels like there is more of a trend to like local business small business boutiques like that's everything you've mentioned yeah and for that to be part of the mall environment just would be an opportunity to bring more people in which I think would be awesome and we're so lucky in the twin cities because honestly like we have so much retail. Mm-hmm. Um, we have so many options, and it's just like I I didn't realize that until I went to cities like Cedar Rapids and Milwaukee. Like how lucky we are to have so much, especially like local iconic places like cake. You know, like the fact that we even have that option is so huge for us here in the Twin Cities, and I'm so excited for what is to come with that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> okay, so something I've been very intrigued to ask you about is the Sugar Network. Oh yeah. I have been seeing it on your Instagram and like tuning in occasionally when you do the live um, Instagram stories. And so I would love to learn more about it, how you got involved in it. I know Questlove features into that. So I'm very excited. Okay. So there's no way that I can go into telling you about the Sugar Network without you leaving with 10,000 questions. I'm just going to lead with that. But essentially, so how this all happened is Questlove was filming an audiobook for um, his book Creative Quest, which came out last year, which if you're a creative, I highly recommend reading. Um, not sponsored, not paid for by Questlove. Oh, and there's an audiobook? Yeah. I'll listen. <laughs> yeah, and it's really just about like if you're having a creative block or you're just like you're looking to start something new or a hobby. Like oh. he has like 14 jobs, so he's the one to tell you like how to do that. So that's a total side note. But so he was filming this thing for the audiobook and his sound engineer slash like really good friend of like 20 years who goes by Sugar Steve, hence the Sugar Network. Mm -hmm. Um, He started recording during the live audiobook as well. And so he was just kind of showing behind the scenes. And so naturally, like most people stayed on Quest Loves Live because it's Quest Love. Like you want to see what he's doing. He's amazing. Um, also, my number one crush since 99. Yeah. Um, I've also noted fact, that. Yeah. 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 You can't be on my Instagram without knowing about my love for Quest Love. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so there was about 20 of us that deviated over to Sugar Steve's live feed. And it was mostly, like, music nerds who are just really into records and, like, hip-hop. That's kind of, like, my uh, primary favorite feature. Um, And he was doing this super intriguing live of what he called chatting with Sugar. And literally it was just people asking him, like, sound and engineer questions, um, talking about Questlove, talking about, you know, every band you could ever imagine. And, like, literally this went on for 12 hours. Whoa. (laughs) Like, all night long. Like, this group of just 20 music nerds, myself included, just like listening to Sugar and asking him questions. And then what went for 12 to 14 hours turned into the next day, like all day. And then I, this just sounds so, now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm just like, wow, this sounds like really extreme. Um, but the cool thing was it was like a no creep zone. It was just like music lovers getting together, going live and like talking about music together and then occasionally getting to see Quest Love in the frame. Um, and so this has now been going on for over a year, guys. Like this is still like, yeah, this is still going on. And so I actually started 
a live show called the Emotional Response Hour, mm-hmm. which is basically where I play music that, like, the minute I hear, like, a specific song, it, like, instantly just strikes my heart. And mm-hmm. so I have people come on my live and, like, we talk about songs that, like, have stuck with them and made them emotional. And so now I've got, like, this crazy network of people all over the United States, mm-hmm. some international. Um, a lot of us have met in person. Oh, cool. We have little sugar meetups. Oh. Um, and Questlove is, like, very aware of the sugar network and very supportive. And it's now become, like, this really cool, like, music family that I've been a part of. So... <laughs> That's just that's awesome. very, very cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. so if you ever want to tune in, um, definitely follow Sugar Steve because he's kind of like the leader of this. But if you love music, if you love hip-hop, um, he was involved in engineering D'Angelo's voodoo, mm. um, pretty much all the Roots music, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. So if you're a music person, like Sugar Steve is the guy, and obviously Questlove. And you now. And you. And now, yeah. So I'm like the little Minneapolis representative for... Very cool. Does the your network. does the your like do you go live like on a weekly show or like when is it or is it whenever you want like it's how very is it set random. Up? That's okay. That's kind of the beauty of it. It's like people just go live when they feel like it. Mm-hmm. It's like oh I'm listening to this song and I think people might be interested in it. I'm doing oh. it. So I used to kind of have it set up where I try to do like Tuesday nights at seven, but now I've I've found it's just so much better when I'm not forcing it. Like, yeah, it's it's just a general like passion project now. So it's really fun. I love it. And I love Questlove. Did I mention that? You can say it again. <laughs> That's totally fine. Back crush. Yeah. Questlove. Questlove. <laughs> That's a, I'm the one of the most exciting pieces of this is that book recommendation. Because you said audiobook. Yes. I love a good audiobook. It's so I'm good. I'm gonna listen. It's and so I'll good. then I'll talk to you about it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, because I, can, yeah, I watched that process chat. happen. So oh, <laughs> so cool. Yeah. So that's like just been this really cool I mean the power of the internet is just so amazing mm-hmm. um, both how it connects us as like humans and music lovers and um, fat advocates it's just like there's there's someone for everyone out there right now to like just yeah. really feel like you're a part of something and I love that it's it's both the best part and the worst part of the internet right is mm-hmm. how accessible we all are mm-hmm. <laughs> and to that point about being accessible like your Instagram I love following it. You're always getting interesting questions, like just the aesthetics of it, I'm sure, influence. So So good. I was wondering, though, because you obviously throughout the whole interview this evening, you've been talking about um, music choices for Mm -hmm. your entrances and like productions. Um, When did you start getting into music or like what was your entree to that? Because I saw on your Instagram that you have like over 300 records right now. Yeah, we um, my fiance and I are like major collectors. And honestly, a lot of it, I think that was like a lot of like early fat healing for me was just really diving into like (laughs) I was very into 90s country music um, when I was young, specifically Winona Judd. Oh, Um, yeah. I like wrote to her and um, got to spend a night with her at the Minnesota State Fair. I was the youngest like president of her fan club. Like (laughs) I've always been like big fandom music thing. And she was, you know, she was a country fat icon for so many years. Mm -hmm. Um, And my mom and I would just sing like we would sing Bette Miller we would sing all these things so like it's just always been a part of my life honestly and now like I'm one of those people that's like obsessed with vinyl and <laughs> so I buy everything on vinyl and try to get originals but um I just think music is just so healing and unifying and 
I just, I have this, like, weird dream every now and then that I'm going to wake up and not, like, rap music one day. And that's, like, my biggest fear. Oh. It's, like, all of a sudden I'm going to wake up and be like, you know, I'm not that into rap music anymore. And, like, weird stuff like that is, like, how my brain works now. This is an inappropriate question to follow up. How do you feel about Old Town Road? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to include this. I just want to know no, your take on you're it. You're totally fine. Um, I'm actually highly entertained um, basically anything that goes viral though is just so fascinating to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it's like the most simple and like I think it's really boring. And people really just took to it like, oh my gosh, this is revolutionary. And like Miley's dad, which I think is funny that everyone refers to him as is like Billy Ray Cyrus was an icon <laughs> of his time, like achy breaky heart, but whatever. Um, but like I'm not gonna lie, I listened to it like seven times when it first came out and I was like trying to force interest and I'm like, no. Amy, it's okay. It's not, like, something that, like, the rest of the world is freaking out about right now. Yeah. <laughs> totally. question. Totally. Totally. <laughs> it's just, like, the novelty of it all, right? Yeah. Like And, like, the strategy used to, like, yes. enter it in uh-huh. into the market, which is cool and noteworthy. Yeah. But, yeah, and, like, kind of, like, worlds colliding, right? Yeah. But, like, I think it's also okay to just be like, well, this is not that exciting. But aren't a lot of things, I think that's what you're getting at, a lot of hits, like, aren't really the most interesting of what artists are putting out. Exactly. Um, I really think it's just, like, what can we just latch onto? What is memeable? Mm-hmm. Um, what can we throw that yodeling cowboy meme that's everywhere on top of? Um, <laughs> it's just, like, it's so easy these days to, like, make something that's not even that funny hilarious. Mm. Um, that's essentially what I use Twitter for. I just get all my hilarious material from Twitter. Um, I don't know how it happens so quick, but it's like within 30 seconds of something ridiculous happening, like Twitter's got something cool to say about it. Um, But yeah, Old Town Road. What a weird... (laughs) What a weird place for us to be in in 2019. <laughs> Thank you for humoring me yeah. with that. <laughs> of course. Very topical to my interests, actually. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So is there anything else you're passionate about or like want to share with us or share with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess the biggest thing for me is just like now that I'm in my 30s and like I'm experiencing life as a fat woman, like my big thing right now is just making sure that my friends are teaching their kids how to be towards fat people. Yeah. So, like, that's been, like, my life mission lately because, you know, a lot of people talk about, like, oh, if someone has a different skin color than you or if they have a different religious belief, but not very often is, like, the fat conversation happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just something that, like, I've not been afraid to talk to my friends about, and I encourage everyone else to do the same is just be like, hey, you know, it's kind of a, a weird subject to bring up sometimes just out of nowhere, but I'm always like, hey, you know, I notice little johnny i don't know i feel like that's a very 1950s like (laughs) name to throw out but like i know this little johnny maybe kind of like looks kind of like nervous or scared like sometimes kids get this really like and they don't always necessarily mean anything by it but they just get this like very scared look as they look up at you like i don't know i just feel really uncomfortable by Mm. your body or something Mm -hmm. and i really think it's important for parents to have those conversations um and i have actually had some really good feedback from my friends that are like, thank you so much. Like, that's just not something I would have really thought about. And I think that's one of the biggest problems is, like, people don't always think about that and, like, how that could impact someone's day if, you know, this little kid is, like, looking at you as if, you know... You're Ursula. Yeah. You're going to, like, like, eat them. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And just, like, even the language that's used by parents can really shape that, too, with their kids, you know, like, oh, I'm getting fat or, yeah. you know, things like that. So I'm I'm really just spending my 30s, like, as a fat woman, 
being present, um, not being afraid to have conversations. And I really hope that that will continue. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And I mean, like, this is one of those conversations, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we're so happy you joined us tonight. Yeah, Thank I'm you so, so glad much. That you guys had, like, this meant so much, and um, I could talk about fat anything all the time. So, same. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm yep. very happy to be here on Matter of Fat. <laughs> well, Thank you for telling us your story as As a matter matter of fact. Wow, what amazing conversation with Amy. We know you want to hear more about Amy. And who, boy, do we have some updates for y'all. So one big old update is that Amy has had a major career change. She's out of the mall and now at The Coven. She's the community development lead at The Coven, which is a collaborative community and co-working space designed with women, non-binary, and trans people in mind. They're currently open in the North Loop of Minneapolis, soon to be open at a second location in St. Paul, and maybe beyond. Yeah, she told us her job there is to spread the magic of the coven through expanding their memberships and working with corporate partners. Yes, Amy, you are so well suited to spread that magic. She also reports that she's trying to get a job as a wedding officiant at the Mall of America, but that's not something that's happened quite yet. Still working on it, keeping that mall connection alive. (laughs) And speaking of weddings, Amy is getting married next year. She says she's having a big, fat love wedding at the Bell Museum in the Planetarium spring of 2020. Oh, what a dream. That sounds like a dream. And Amy's a dream. Mm -hmm. And you know what else is a dream? Dirt Dirt and and Discourse. Hi, actually, wait, before the Dirt and Discourse, I have a very important audiobook update. So when we had this interview with Amy, like, three months ago, several months ago, I requested from Hennepin County Library on their library audiobook app the book she mentioned from Questlove, and it just got downloaded, like, this week. So I'm going to listen to it, and I'll report back. But thanks for the book tip, Amy. And thanks, Hennepin County Library. Oh, and now for the Dirt and Discourse. It's time for the Dirt and Discourse. This is where we dive into the excitement and discomfort around relevant pop and cultural happenings. In this D&D, we're discussing something that some of our listeners brought to our attention. There are diet bars in our Forever 21 packages, y'all. Yeah. It's gross. (laughs) It's real. It's happening. (laughs) This day and age in 2019, we've got Atkins bars in our Forever 21 bags. Oof, yeah. Yeah. So how did you hear about it? Um, I feel like everybody was posting about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forever 21, um, in their, when they send off their packages for like online orders, they often include freebies, like free samples of things. One time, I got some candy bars. I think they were take five. I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in, in an unfortunate turn of events, um, one of the things that they advertised were Atkins bars. Gross. And people, when they received them, were not happy. Yeah, there was a lot of outcry on Twitter, of all places, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, which is really interesting because, you know, Atkins, I'd rather take a raw blow, to be quite <laughs> honest. I don't know if you've seen him, but he's been hawking Atkins lately. And better than that, a Chris Traeger. Yeah. Throw a Chris Traeger in the box and I'd be into it. Uh, but not an Atkins bar. I don't no. know. I also haven't ordered anything from Forever 21 before, too. So I don't even know how I would feel if I saw that come through. I'd probably just ignore it. Because, like, it's, I mean... It's, I don't want to say it's on brand, but it's not surprising. No, and that's the thing, too. When we started talking about this in preparation for the Dirt and Discourse, we were like, yeah, that sucks. And also, 
Forever 21 doing something shitty. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Like they're not well known for their ethics or, um, you know, labor practices or cat brought up sizing. Yeah, their sizing sucks. I mean, it's just one of many brands that I feel like brags about having plus sizes. They only go to 3X. Oh, but wait. Plot twist. Their 3X often fits like a one and a half X. So mm-hmm. it's really not that, you know, size inclusive after all. I swear their plus size section keeps shrinking too. It's like slow being taken over by socks or something like that <laughs> something they are good at great at having a shirt that's like oh that's kind of neutral oh that's cute oh look at that oh oh it's tight in the arms and everywhere else <laughs> weird <laughs> oh it's got a justin bieber like sequin <laughs> breakaway to a cat like i don't know it, they have lots of things we talked about skull shirts i'm sure forever 21 is rife with skull shirts right now they have just a lot of really wild stuff mm-hmm uh, yeah. And diet bars. Yeah, apparently diet bars. Lemon flavored, just so you know. Yeah. Cat might enjoy a lemon bar. I do like bar. a lemon bar. Um, <laughs> not the same but thing not as this kind of, No, but not this. And like, I just, you know, that's not going to feel good to come upon. Um, you know, you just don't want to surprise Atkins Bar anywhere, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be surprised by a diet bar and anything, especially not when I'm opening up this package of clothing. Yeah. And I think you said this earlier. It's just like a lot of people are mad about being told that they need to lose weight. Or like that's what they read. What is the message? Mm -hmm. But then also for us, it's like, okay, if Forever 21 and Atkins are together in cahoots, like that's a bigger problem. Yeah. Yeah. And just like how like this was okay. Like no one was like, "Mm." Maybe Nobody this isn't a good that. idea. Yeah, like, like, all right, what freebie are we going to give them this year? <laughs> Our demographic loves lemon. <laughs> loves we love lemon. Oh, let's throw that in there. No, I just, like, it's, uh, and this happens time and time again. Like, when companies make these big um, kind of public snafus, it's like, who all checked off on this? Who was part of this? And it's just mm-hmm. so wild that that folks who are in the positions to make these decisions are not taking a second thought about it. Yeah, I kind of love that candy bars went out. Nobody had issues with that, but there are diet bars going out, and people are like, mm-mm, not okay. Can't do it. Mm-mm. So. Yeah. And so we appreciate the, the folks that brought this to our attention. Yeah. Um, and in the future, if more things come up, please, please do send them our way so we can consider them for discussion here in the Dirt and Discourse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think our overall thought with this is like, eh, not, not surprised. Surprising. No. And we had a really robust... Uh, Fattish, so so dirt and discourse is it's a little a little it's a brief, a little brief. Mm-hmm. a moose bouche, <laughs> except it's at the end of the meal. Yeah, so, so it's mm-hmm. I don't know. It's about that time. Let's start the Minnesota goodbye, y'all. Hope you enjoyed the dirt and discourse and our interview with Amy Siegel and the smorgasbord of a fattish. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you listen, and join our friends and fans Facebook group. Thanks to those of you who donated to KFAI during the summer pledge drive. Know that you can donate anytime at kfai.org. Okay, I think that's all. By this point in the Minnesota goodbye, we're almost to the car, but we're still exchanging pleasantries over our shoulders as we walk away. Uh-huh. See you back here in two weeks for another episode of Matter, Matter of Fat. Fat. We have time for just one more hug? No. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go.